This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. They're here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy for Macworld, but also someone who just recently acquired one of Apple's AirPods, and he must be one of the four people who have so far had delivery of those. We'll hear a little bit later all about security, the Russian hacking of the U.S. election, and lots more with ethical hacker Dr. Timothy Summers on the Tech Night Out Live. So, Kirk, you sent me an email. I have AirPods, and I said, let's get you on and get the story. But I wanted to ask you something, just a side issue, which probably you don't care about. You have a Skoda, right? Or no longer? No, we have a Seat Ibiza, which is basically the same as a certain Skoda, but a little bit cheaper. It didn't have a diesel engine? It does have a diesel engine, but it's not one of the ones that's affected. It's a rarity. Um, I believe we have the 1.4 liter, and that's like the smallest diesel. And it's only the bigger ones that were affected with this Volkswagen cheating thing. In the U.S., Volkswagen is spending billions and billions of dollars. In the European Union, it's just a software fix and maybe some minor mechanical changes. But yeah, there doesn't see, seem to be any compensation over here. Or, or if there is, it's, it's really nothing. There is no compensation, and that's one of the things that rankles, I think, the European authorities. But to make matters more interesting here, in Europe, car makers are allowed to pull tricks in the software under emissions testing on the pretext that they make the changes to promote engine longevity. You've heard that? It's true. No, I haven't. But bear in mind that diesels are immensely more popular over here. I think in France, when the, the last time I bought a car in France, I think the dealer said that something like 90% of cars sold in France are diesels. I believe it's 10% of cars sold in the U.S. that are diesels, if even that. Well, most of the diesels are trucks because Volkswagen was selling a lot of diesels until this thing happened. And now, even though the fix is pretty much taken care of, most people who have the smaller diesels will just get buybacks. They'll sell their car back to Volkswagen and receive a cash incentive, and which they can use for any purpose. But hopefully, Volkswagen hopes they'll come back and buy a car. But there is a fix, but the fix really only works on the newer models. Because here, here's the background very quickly. Mercedes-Benz has a technology called BlueTech, where it runs the emissions through this liquid called urea. And what that liquid does is it removes the harmful pollutants, some of them. Now, Volkswagen was offered the opportunity to license this technology, okay? And, of course, the bean counters or the executives said, no, we'll figure it out ourselves, Of course, the only Volkswagens that will be brought into compliance, really, are the ones that are using a urea-based system. 
And it's not like it's a lot of money to replace. I talked to a Volkswagen dealer about it a few weeks back. But you see how companies do shortcuts to save money. And when they have to pay in the end, that's good. I just hope a few of the high executives who allowed this to happen at Volkswagen will find themselves wearing jumper suits in prison. (laughs) Right here, Sheriff Um, Joe will dress them in pink. Yeah. One thing to bear in mind is the the diesel gasoline thing. It's a bit complicated. So diesel actually pollutes more if it's not treated correctly, if I understand. But in many European countries, diesel costs a lot less. It's taxed less. It's like 10% less, if not more, in France. Um, Here in the UK, it's actually more expensive. It's slightly more expensive. But people were prompted to buy diesel cars in these countries because, well, you get better mileage on diesel, miles per liter, however you count count it, miles per gallon. Um, but in some countries, it's actually cheaper. So it's it's a real cost saving. And that's why in France, again, 90% of cars, this was some years ago, um, sold were diesels. Because if you do drive a lot, you save a lot of money on your, your fuel costs. Well, here okay. in the U.S., whether or not diesel fuel is more expensive or less expensive varies by whim, season, or the price of oil. So right now, I filled up my gas tank the other day. It was $2.03 a gallon. Diesel was like two thirty something. Mm. All right, so you're already paying, you know, something like 10% more. Of course, then if you buy a diesel car, you're going to pay. It's more expensive. Right, yeah. you'll pay. You might pay 5 or 10% more for the car. So how many years do you need to drive to gain the fuel savings? Well, it depends on if you drive a lot, if you have a long commute, or if you do a lot of long trips. Um, remember, over here, gas costs about three times as much, um, maybe even four times as much. Since the, the pound has lost a lot of its value, it's dropped 15% in the past six months, um, I'd say it's closer to three times as much compared to the states. But you know, people are a lot more sensitive to any kind of fuel economies they can make here. And you do get better mileage with diesel. And particularly with the more efficient recent diesel um, engines that have come out, you know, like the past 10 years or so. Well, Chevy is going to release a diesel version of the Cruze. Mazda will release one of its SUVs with a diesel engine. Volkswagen is saying that the newer emissions requirements will make it even more difficult. And they're going to go to EV or electric cars. They're going to get rid of gas and diesel cars? No, they're going to get rid of diesels and get electric cars and then, of course, sell gas cars. Now, just to be... But for the U.S., probably not for Europe, where diesels are very popular. Oh, sure. In Europe, they'll do whatever they have to do. This is just the American market. More interesting, though, in November 2016, Volkswagen sales were all up 25% over the previous year in America. Okay. Well, when did the scandal break? It broke in September of last year. So this right. is two months so, after the... So it was really hurting was sales. Point. They've basically more than recovered what they lost. And the Volkswagen Passat sales were doubled over what they were last year. They've more than overcome that. And the fact that they're giving people tons of money as yeah. a goodwill gesture, they're buying their cars back. They're doing the fair thing, but it shouldn't have happened. Anyway, 
And I hope this serves as a message to other car makers, many of whom are probably pulling different types of stunts with fuel economy and emissions, that they'll learn something out of this. I don't expect they will, but I hope it does. Whatevs. As you know, I'm not that interested in cars, so. Right. You know, the point is here, what you want is a car that is safe, gets good fuel economy, reasonably pleasant to drive, gets you from here to there, and that's it, which is probably what a lot of people want. Yeah, I think, well, you know, you do have that love affair with cars that that may be more American than European. Um, But it's just, as a friend of mine said recently, I just don't have the car gene. (sighs) That's a really double meaning there. But I am in the middle of the road here. I didn't mean mean it with the comma. I just don't have the car gene. I know that. I I know that. I know. I'm, I'm driving you crazy. No, in my case, I'm in the middle. Because I've really rarely had enough money to buy a really fancy car. Though I've had, you know, years ago, not recently, uh, Teddy Bear's active. Years ago, I was able to lease a Mercedes for a pretty decent price. I leased a couple of Mercedes, but I didn't like the reliability at all. And I think I once leased a BMW. Most of the cars I've had are Toyotas and Volkswagens and regular people cars. But my most interesting car was the Mazda RX-2 in 1972, I think, with a rotary engine, one of the first of its kind in the U.S. And the Mazda goes, hmm. Right. I remember those commercials. The problem is here is that the car had an affinity for developing what they call a rotor seal problem. And if those seals wore down, it was like getting a valve job on a regular engine. I'll tell you more, but not about cars. In our next segment with Kirk McElhern, we'll talk about AirPods. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow 
allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, New Mana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only New Mana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the New Mana difference. American-made food stores are love to eat. Yum! If you or someone you love is suffering from hearing loss, please stay tuned for a special free offer from the makers of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers to fit the ear almost invisibly, and it can be adjusted to find the perfect way to hear everything in every listening environment. Right now, we're offering absolutely free in-home trials to everyone who calls now. 1-800-957-9652. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also receive free shipping and free batteries for life. Listen Clear is lightweight and practically invisible, so people won't notice when you're wearing it. So again, if you or someone you love is suffering from hearing loss, please give them or yourself this life-changing 100% free in-home trial with free shipping and free batteries for life. For free information, call now 1-800-957-9652. That's 1-800-957-9652. 1-800-957-9652. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. I'm going to short-circuit our discussion about cars. Kirk doesn't care. He just wants reliable transportation. He's probably not a customer for an Apple car if there was one. But I'll ask you one more question before I do mention the AirPods. What about a car with autonomous driving? I would love that. One reason in particular, I I can't drive at night. I have really bad night vision. So if I do need to go out at night, I either need someone to drive me or I need to take a taxi. If there were autonomous cars that I could call up on an app on my phone and get one to come to my house and pick me up when I need it and drive me where I'm going, I I would be all over that immediately. We have two cars, one that my partner and I use and the second one that I use just so there's a car, right? But I don't – I work at home. I don't need to go out that much. I use the car once or twice a month, literally. 
if I could get rid of this car and and have an autonomous car that works like like a taxi, you call it up and you get it when you need it, but didn't cost as much as a taxi, I would do that in a second. Hello, Johnny Camp. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, I could I could get taxis, right? If I didn't own a car when I came here, rather than buying a car, um, the amount of taxis I would need would probably be less expensive to maintaining the car. But the car insurance and the gas I use every year aren't that expensive, so I already own the car. It's a sunk cost. There's no point in selling it to just use taxis. But if that option were available now with self-driving cars, which would obviously be cheaper than taxis, um, I would do it. It costs between 10 and 15 pounds to get from here into Stratford. I'm three miles from the center of Stratford. And the times I've taken cabs, depending on whether it's daytime or nighttime, it's like 10 or 15 pounds. So if I want to go into Stratford, I'm not going to pay 20 pounds during the day, right? Taxi in, taxi out, and the hassle of getting a taxi. But if you've got a self-driving car that you can get, say, for half that, I think that would be great. He's assuming here, of course, that it's the hardware and there's no driver needed. Well, right, self-driving. Right. Yeah. There's no driver, so, therefore, theoretically, they can cut the price substantially. Of course, they won't. Well, you know? they would. In, in a city like New York or San Francisco, you've got lots of taxis. So taxi drivers would prevent this sort of thing from taking off at a low price. In places out here, you don't have many taxis. I don't know how many there are in Stratford. It's a town of not even 30,000 people. So there's maybe 20 taxis altogether. I don't think they would have the power to block something like that. See, we don't have Uber here yet. Um, there are some cities in the UK that do, and we don't have it. So you don't have that sort of competition. It's something that will eventually happen. And, and I could almost see a smart town like we have here investing, the town investing in these cars and renting them to people at cost because you'll end up with fewer people using parking and blocking the town, um, less pollution, less traffic, and it's just good for the town to do that. The, the last city I lived in in France was a city called Gap. It was about 50,000 people. Um, buses are free in that city because of the logic that they don't want you to drive. And, and, you know, a lot of these old French cities have narrow streets in the centers and it's hard to park and there's a lot of traffic. So they made buses free and you can park at the edge of town if you want in, in a couple of parking lots where there are shopping centers. I mean, the town's not big enough that there are that many buses, but the point is it's still free. Um, any town that wants to make things smoother, less traffic, fewer cars would be certainly interested in you know, investing in a fleet of cars that people can use to come in and out of the town. Well, I look at it this way. I'm older than you, as most of our listeners know. And there's a point where I may not be able to drive a car. I have no idea when I reach that point. Yep. I mean, right. right now I seem to be doing pretty well. But there will be a point where, you know, I go out at night, maybe I'm not seeing things as well. There'll be a point where I probably would have to give up my driver's license. At that point, I would hope I could wait or hold out long enough for autonomous driving. So if I have a car where the vehicle can take over for me, that would be great. It would also yeah, eliminate a, a number of accidents, a number of sources of accidents, which is people yeah. who are sure. motoring around, sometimes out of necessity, and not realizing, you know what, time's passed you by. Yeah, and whether it's a whether it's an autonomous car that you own or an autonomous car that you 
rent when you need, you know, that you call up with an app like a taxi. Um, either of those solutions are certainly good for people who, who can't drive. You know, I, I can't see well enough at night, so I can't drive at night. As you say, when you get old enough that it's just too dangerous for you and other people to have you behind the wheel, it's certainly a good idea. And and there would be far fewer road deaths. Um, and, you know, you could go out at night and you could drink and then you could come home without having to worry about getting a DUI, right? Well, my son Grayson is a decent driver. I mean, he started out kind of rough. We gave him one car, an old Honda Accord that he made older real fast. But he's pretty good, and he can drive a car now, and it's fine. But when he's at home in Madrid, he uses public transportation. No interest in getting a car. And it takes yeah, but- him wherever he wants. He either walks to a place... Or he takes public transportation, or he doesn't go. But that works in big cities. When I lived in New York, I never had any desire to own a car. Um, uh, There were places, I I grew up in Queens, so there was a lot of time when I walked. I didn't mind it when I was young, walking very far. But when I lived in Manhattan, there's absolutely no point in having a car. There are buses, there are subways, worst case, there are taxis. You can always get where you're going very, very easily. When it comes to a subway, it's better because you don't have to deal with traffic lights. Yeah. But you you see a lot of people who live in cities talking about, oh, everyone should ride bikes and use public transportation. But they live in cities where you can do this, and or they live in flat cities especially where you can ride bikes. Once you get out of cities and you get into areas like this where I live, um, you simply can't do that. You know, if you live in a town – Okay, you can walk around and do some stuff. But if you have to go to the supermarket, you can't carry all your shopping home. Um, if you need to go to the next town, because, you know, 10 miles away is is the town of Warwick. And Stratford doesn't have everything. It's not a big town. Um, Birmingham's an hour away. If you need to go to the next town, you need to drive. You can't ride your bike. Um, so it, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a pipe dream to think that everyone can use public transportation or bikes, and you know, not even to mention people who are handicapped and can't um, ride a bike and, and or can't even get on public transportation sometimes. Um, so, so the self-driving car would be really a great solution for a lot of people. And again, less traffic, um, less parking headaches. Um, you know, I, I see it as, as a win-win situation, except for people whose job it is to drive, who would probably lose their jobs. I think I saw something just the other day, an article, I don't remember the number of millions and millions and millions of people who work in the United States as drivers. Um, They're taxi drivers, they're FedEx um, drivers, they're bus drivers, they're truck drivers. It's a huge number of people, and it's true that there are a lot of jobs that are going to be replaced by this. Uh, You know, it's a bit like the coal miners. Our president-elect talked a lot about bringing jobs back to the coal miners, but jobs with coal have been you know, disappearing for 100 years, they're they're not coming back. Um, Jobs for drivers are going to start disappearing. You know, it's like the the proverbial buggy whip whip makers who lost their jobs when we went from horses to cars. The same thing's going to happen eventually. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Kiss your credit card debt goodbye. I'm Pharmacist Keith, Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you how to achieve financial peace, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. 
live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Just very quickly here, this show, of course, is being heard on Christmas Eve. And maybe you have a friend who's interested in listening to the Tech Night Out Live. Get them a subscription to Tech Night Out Plus. It's a great way to support the show. It also gets you a commercial-free version of the show. To learn more, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. We have Kirk McElhern. We're talking about autonomous driving and how things change how things change in lots of industries as a result of technology moving on. So in the U.S., coal is going away not because of some deep, dark secret by the liberals, but because they're using natural gas and other technologies. The cost of solar panels has gotten down to a point where I understand it's cheaper to do that, a lot cheaper, than just hooking it up to the power lines, although you have to really do both. So, you know, things are changing Professions change. I used to work in traditional typography with a photo typesetting machine. And then the Mac came along. Okay? So we killed the profession. Yeah, a lot of typesetters went out of work. Well, I wasn't out of work. I just simply used the office Macs because the people I worked for at the time. Right, okay. They were smart. They realized, wait a minute, technology is changing. What do we do? We get a bunch of Macs. Get a couple of people like me and a few other people who were crazy enough to use these newfangled machines and try to phase in the workflow with the Macs, which they did. They did successfully. But the point being here is that you have to change with the times. They're testing now robots in fast food places. I don't think they do very well because there's just too many fine distinctions involved in, you know, it's not just giving you the Big Mac. You got to hold the pickles and the lettuce. You got all sorts of variations. And then what about the dishes you have with it? I don't want the French fries. Give me a side salad. I don't eat at McDonald's very often. Uh, I eat maybe once or twice a year. And last week, my partner and I were trying to decide what to have for dinner. And I said, you know what? I'd like to have a hamburger from McDonald's. So we got in the car. It's about 10 minutes to get into Stratford. We parked by the McDonald's. She went to a store across the street to buy something. And I went to McDonald's to order things. I had a great deal of difficulty figuring out how to do this. They have these big sort of touchscreen things that you order on now. It's really confusing. So you essentially don't wait online for humans to place your order. You place your order and you get a number and a ticket. And then you wait online for the humans to bring you your order there's still humans to do that, but they've eliminated most of the order lines. I mean, they still have cash registers for, I guess, people who don't have cards, right, who have to pay in cash, but most people order automatically now. So they're already getting rid of a lot of employees in McDonald's. Not at all stores. I don't have that here at all. I mean, if I go into the nearby McDonald's and we have a McDonald's a mile and a half away, I walk in there, it's just the regular people before the counter. The Walmart, the nearest Walmart, about five miles away, they have a fast food place. Depending on which Walmart, it might be Burger King, it might be McDonald's. It's still peopled by people. Okay, so maybe over here they're a bit uh, ahead of it. Uh, I, I think we talked maybe last year on the show about 
how I do my grocery shopping, that I get a scanner, I swipe a card, I get a scanner, and I walk around and I scan it, and then I check out without needing a cashier. Um, we do that all the time in our supermarket here. So they might be a bit more advanced here on phasing out human jobs um, in this type of, of industry. Hey, that's good, I guess, for the customer. It's not good for the people who need those jobs. And here well, in the U.S., it's not just yeah. kids working their way through school. My son worked at Wendy's or The Gap and a few other places to help raise money for his college education. But a lot of people who work at these places, they're using that as their salary. So, for example, I know this woman, she's from Bangladesh, and she walks around in a traditional garb. And she's at the Circle K, a convenience store in Mesa, not too far from where I am. And I talked to her, and she's a very happy, pleasant woman, a couple of kids at home who are very Americanized. Her husband works as a manager at another Circle K, and she works as a cashier. Now, the cashier will get something like $9 an hour. That's not a living wage anywhere, you know, maybe in no. China. $9 an hour. And she and her husband have to support two kids. And they're both working, and I don't know what he gets, but I bet just, they are just barely surviving. Yeah. We went to the supermarket a couple of evenings ago after dinner, and uh, we did our usual checkout with the scanner, and there are a number of cashiers for people who don't use the scanner. But what I found interesting is that there are an awful lot of young people in the evening doing the restocking in the shelves. So these look like, I guess, late high school type things. We don't have a university in our town, um, you know, 18, 20 or so, but lots of young people. And, and the cashiers look a bit older. For them, it's probably full-time jobs. But for the restocking, it's almost all young people. Robots will handle that too. Just you wait. Uh, well, that's, it's not as easy for, for robots to do that. Be, well, I, I'm sure they'll eventually figure it out. But for now, it's still a little bit complicated. You know, they've got to place things correctly, put the new things behind the old things, right? Um, I'm sure it'll happen, but it's just not going to happen overnight. And they have to remove the milk that's expired. Yeah. So you, you see them when you go to the supermarkets here again, I, I don't think this happens in the States. When you go wait at the supermarkets, they start discounting everything, um, where it's the last sell by date. Um, so they go through the aisles, they check all the dates and they, you know, they put new, they, they put labels on them because things don't usually have price labels, right? It's just the barcodes and they put labels on them with the reduced prices. And that's something that's manual. They've got to check the dates. Again, a robot could scan this, but they have to check every single item. And I can imagine a robot would actually be less efficient than a human, um, needing to pick things up and pull them out and get them in front of its camera to be able to scan it and see the dates. All right, so did robots assemble your AirPods? That's a segue, isn't it? It's not a very good segue. Um, and I don't know. It doesn't, I mean, it didn't come with a little slip in it, you know, inspected by number 32. Given the size of them, I would assume there's a lot of robotics because iFixit had a teardown, and, and you can see how small the components are, both in the AirPods and in the case. Um, yeah, so you said I'm one of the four people with AirPods. I think there are six, actually. Um there aren't many. Um, I, I wasn't really in any hurry to buy them, but when I saw they were available and I saw that like six hours after they went on sale, here they were still available for Monday delivery, whereas in the States they had already slipped to four weeks. So I assume that Apple had earmarked a certain stock for, for either the UK or Europe in general. 
And so I did buy a pair because I'm curious and, you know, I, I like to know about these things. Um, I'm using them now. And this is when I'm going to really use the AirPods to have small, discrete, wireless headphones to record podcasts, um, to listen to podcasts and audiobooks, like when I'm walking on the treadmill or walking around. The sound quality is poor. It, it It's a little bit better than the, the cheap ear pods that come with an iPhone or an iPod, but it's not very good for music. Um, but the convenience of just taking these things out and they automatically connect to an iPhone. Uh, as I said, if I want to listen you know, to a podcast or something, or if I want to make a phone call. Uh, I've gotten into the habit over the years of always using headphones when I make phone calls because I very often have to write or type something. And I mean, holding an iPhone between my shoulder and my ear is just uncomfortable. Um, so I had a pair of, I have a, still have a pair of wired Sennheiser um, light on-ear headphones, which I really like. And I would always have to plug them into the phone. Now I just pull the AirPods out of the case and stick them in my ears and the iPhone automatically recognizes them and automatically switches to them. Um, it, it's really good for that. It's really good. Um, it, it's, it's an unobtrusive headphone that's excellent for doing voice. We've got um, Kirk McElhern, and he's telling us all about Apple's AirPods. And now, just because he's been on the air, six people have them. Maybe seven. I'll check. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal and penetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. 
Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part? It's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Soul Arc EMP-hardened solar generator energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Now, the big thing about the AirPods is that they use a special chip designed to make it instantaneous to pair with an iPhone. Yeah, it's immediate. Well, let's be honest. Uh, I also have a pair of Jabra Revo Bluetooth headphones that I've used for a while for walking. Um, These are the sort of on-air headphones that are somewhat large. Um, They're not the big over-ear. They're the on-ear headphones, but they're large, and and they make my ears warm when I walk, but they they do sound very good for music. I would turn them on, and they would pair pretty much instantaneously. So the AirPods pair maybe half a second quicker. I'm not sure what all the complaints are about. Maybe with cheaper Bluetooth headphones, they don't pair as well. However, as as you noticed before the show, getting them to pair with my Mac was a lot more difficult. I've got to go into the Bluetooth menu and connect them. Then I had to switch Skype 
um, which is what we use to record and, and talk. And they didn't get selected immediately. I mean, it, it took about 30 seconds to get the connection up and running. And then at the beginning, the sound was really weird, like it's bouncing back and forth from one ear to the other. And it took about a minute for the sound to stabilize. And I've noticed this uh, recording a couple of other podcasts as well. But using them with the iPhone, using them with my iPod Touch, it's really quick. Once you, once you're connected, it's fine. Um, once you put them back in the case, it disconnects and they turn off and they start charging in the case. My only gripe is that the sound quality is just not good enough for music. If you care about music, one thing that I've done to to improve it slightly is I've put the EQ on. I'm using either the bass booster or the treble reducer. I've been going back and forth between the two to try and figure out which sounds better. They're, they're very close. Um, that gives it a little bit more body, a little bit more oomph when you're listening to music. But they would not be my headphones of choice for music at all. Well, it certainly is an interesting technological exercise. And I think that's it, what... It is. Mostly that's what it is. Yeah, it is. And and your settings sync with iCloud, so they're available on all your devices. You don't have to re pair with each device in other words the, the first time you pair a bluetooth headset with a device the device remembers the headset for the next time so i've got my the, the jabra um, bluetooth headphones i have paired with several devices and i can connect to any of them but i have to do it manually here you just pair with one device and then it automatically transfers this information to all your devices that are signed into your iCloud account the the battery life people sort of mock that there's only apparently five hours of battery life, but you slip them in the case, which has a battery in it, and charges them, and it charges pretty quickly. I, I still haven't run out of... I did a full charge when I got them on Monday, and I still haven't used up all the power in the case, and I've been using them for recording a few podcasts and walking, you know, an hour every day or so. Um, so, all, all together, I, I think... My case is almost empty right now, and the headphones are almost full. At least they were before we started recording. So I've probably got another five hours. That's five days of using an hour or two a day um, without any difficulty. Now, Apple did say 24 hours, so I want to do another test when it's fully emptied to, to see how long it lasts and if I can try and actually record um, you know, the exact amount of time I'm using them. But, but I think the charging issue is not a big deal. I mean, you'll be able to get a few days – from the battery in the case, every time you put them back in the case, they charge, and then you just connect a lightning cable, and apparently the case charges relatively quickly as well. Now, one of the potential criticisms about this is they're easy to lose and expensive to replace. Are they easy to lose? Well, you know, I work at home, so I really don't have that issue when I'm walking on my treadmill. Um you know, I'm not bouncing. And, and I did the, the obligatory jumping up and down when I got them, and they didn't fall out. Um, my Macworld colleague, Caitlin McGarry, um, tweeted this morning that she brushed her hair back behind one of her ears, and her ear pod fell out onto the subway platform this morning. It didn't bounce onto the track. She was able to recover it. And I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of that. You know, there's not the wire to to hold the one when it falls out. And, you know, the, the one that's still there or that's connected to your device um, is held on by the wire. And, and I think we're going to see a lot of people who actually do lose um, individual AirPods. 
And and that actually, to, to me, that's the future of the device. If too many people lose them, they're not going to buy them again. It's $69 apparently to replace one or to repair one. You know, how many times are you going to do that and finally realize that they're not for you if, if you're prone to losing them? Um, some people are saying, you know, no problem in the gym, uh, no problem riding a bike. But if you're in a situation where you bump into people, then I think it's a bit risky. Well, I'll tell you, I am not a big headphone wearer. And normally when I do a broadcast, I keep the speakers on real low. And that's it. And I turn the mic off when the guest is talking and nobody's complained yet. I tried again. You, you don't use headphones when you record? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. My headphones are right here. It is trivial to push all the audio from Skype, from my mic, into the USB mixer because it has USB input and output with a Mac. It's trivial. It takes me maybe 15, 20 seconds to set it up. And I tried for a while and I said, you know what? No. Now, when I worked in regular radio, I had to use headphones, even though we had studio monitors. And the way the studio monitors would work is when you turn on your mic from the control board, it would turn off the speaker system. So I theoretically could work without headphones there. I just didn't. Okay. Okay. I, I, well, I wouldn't even want to try because I wouldn't want to have to worry about muting and unmuting um, with speakers, but you know, to each their own. I, I can certainly appreciate not wanting to wear headphones when you're recording. Um, this said the, the AirPods do, they, they are totally different than headphones. Um, not only that they don't cover your ears, but that they have no wires to get in your way. So the, uh, a couple minutes ago, I had to take the kitten off my lap and I had to step away from the microphone. And if I was using wired headphones, I would have had to take them off to do it. Um, so it is a lot more convenient to not have wires, to have something like this without wires. Granted, granted. Well, I might try one. I just don't think it's really worth it, especially if the music reproduction isn't good. I just think the price it's, is It's not right. great. I, I think you're the type of person who would immediately hear the weaknesses in the, the sound quality for music. I think many people won't. They're just used to you know cheap headphones, and it won't bother them that much. Um, I'm surprised how many reviews I've read that say that the audio quality is very good. Um, this is people really setting a low bar, I think. Or going to the bar. I have Grado SR-225s. And they sound they're really good. good. It's like the middle yep. of the range for Grado. And they're yeah. built in Brooklyn, New York. They are. They are. And I've had them for years. That's right. It's, the, it's from the 325 up that's made of wood. Or that has that wooden ring outside. Yeah, as if we need wood, you know. Well, know. they're nice looking. They really are. I wanted to buy a pair of those a couple of years ago, the 325s. Uh, I tried the, the whole range from the, I guess, I don't know if the 125 exists or if there's something else before the 225 and then the 325 and then the, the more expensive was. And, and I found the 325 were really the sweet spot um, for, for sound quality. But then the more expensive ones, I didn't hear that much of a difference. But I did like the 325s much better than the 225s. But they're like, I believe they were like 100 pounds more expensive than the 225s here. So you went to a store where they were on display? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, when I was living in York a few years ago, there was a, a hi-fi store that, that had things like that. 
And so he let me just sit around with my iPhone and, and plug things in and, and you know, check how they sounded. I'm just looking on Amazon. It's not the 325s that have wood. You have to go up to the RS2 reference series, um, which are a lot more expensive. I thought the 325s were the wooden ones, but they're not. Now, so I... Five is 250 pounds, which is an awful lot cheaper than they were a few years ago. They were like 325 pounds. And the 225 is 194 pounds. Now, this is the second Grado product I've owned. In the days I had vinyl, I had a Grado phono cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, they make good cartridges. Or at least they used to. I haven't listened to, I haven't listened to vinyl in decades, so... Well, I don't were, know that you're missing anything. All you have to do is roll off the sound and make it sound worse every playing, and you'll get something like vinyl. There's a way, by the way, to equalize it, to make it sound like vinyl, if that's what you want. Okay? We've got Kirk McElhern, sometimes known as the iTunes guy, talking about his new AirPods that may be what he expected or less than what he expected. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. The EPA says the air in our homes is up to five times more contaminated than outside air. The solution is not just to filter your air, but detox it. UVforlife.com now offers a doctor-recommended UVforlife.com sterilization unit to kill over 99% of viruses, bacterias, molds, and dangerous chemicals. Go to UVforlife.com. Add promo code GCN at checkout to save $100. That's UV, the number four, life.com. UVforlife.com. Don't just filter your air. Detox it. If you or someone you care about loves outdoor adventure, then check out Slingbow.com for some unique holiday gift ideas. That's Slingbow.com, where we have some innovative new products for the archer, hunter, or bow fishing enthusiast in your family. Now through January, use the promo code HOLIDAY to get free shipping in the U.S. or Canada. And from all of us at Slingbow Industries, have a safe, joyous, and peaceful holiday season. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, I suspect you hoped 
the AirPods would deliver better audio quality. I really didn't expect them to sound any better than they do. Uh, I expected them to sound a little bit better than the the stock earpods, which you know the the cheap ones, but I didn't expect them to sound better than that. They're still earbuds. Um, they're just not. You know, you can't get good sound from this. See, the thing is, I mentioned earlier, I have a Sennheiser PX two hundred i i or something like that this is a really bad name because it's hard to to say what it is and these are these very small light foldable on-ear headphones and i believe they sell for about 60 dollars these days um they sound far better than the airpods they have wires they're not bluetooth um but they sound much better you, you'll get at a hundred dollars you'll get lots of headphones that sound very very good um, you know, compared to the 159 of the AirPod, what you're paying for with the AirPod is the Bluetooth, um, the battery case, and the the technology that lets you pair a little bit more easily. But if it's sound quality you want, uh, definitely do not buy these. It, it's not; they're just not good sounding headphones. So it's mostly a shtick. Well, as I said, I'm I'm actually quite happy with them for what I'm using them for: podcasts, treadmill. You know, recording and listening to podcasts and and using them on the phone. I'm quite happy um, to use them like that. I buy these things in part because I write about them, but I I think that they're a a good choice for this sort of usage. Uh, Again, there are lots of people who will find that the music quality is sufficient for them. Then I think the question is, you know, where are you listening? Are you going on the subway where you're going to bump into people or are you just walking down the street? I'd be hesitant to run with these in my ears, but a number of people have said that they don't fall out. Uh, Do you want to take them to the gym where, you know, same thing, you might bump into something and knock them out? At least it'd be easier to pick them up there than on a subway platform. Part of the problem, Kirk, is this. With these earbuds that Apple provides, they don't give you switchable pieces to adjust for different ear sizes. It's one size fits all. Right. And for some people, they could probably run all day with those things and jump and play and it won't fall out. Yep. For other people, they would. And Apple needs to be more sensitive to that. Maybe give a couple of pieces with it instead of having one integrated design, which is no doubt mandated by Sir Jonathan. Well, I'm not sure that's entirely possible because they have some sort of a, an infrared sensor. So if I take one out of my ear while I'm listening to music, it pauses the music. And that sort of sensor probably wouldn't work with something like if you had like a silicone thing around it. It would be interesting to find out if it could because, yeah, there are people whose ears are too small and others whose are too large. On top of that, here's what I find. I tried lying down in my bed to listen to a podcast and the one in the right ear stays in fine and the one in the left ear is a tad loose because human beings are asymmetrical. You know, you look at any human's face, they're not exactly the same on left and right. So you're going to have one ear that's a little bit larger than the other. They they say in my ears fine when I'm sitting up or standing or walking, but lying down is not ideal. If the ear pods that you've got with your iPhone or iPad or whatever, if they fit your ears, then these will fit your ears. If the ear pods don't fit your ears, if they're too big or too small, don't bother with the AirPods. Well, I don't know. I ran into trouble with earphones like that. I know one company sent me like six different fittings and I went through all six and I could never get one to fit me. And I just decided, you know what? I am not going to bother. Let us continue here. Enough of the earphones, okay? Enough of the earphones. Let's talk about 
another issue of debate. And you've probably read it. Bloomberg, you know, that's the publication from Michael Bloomberg, runs a yep. story saying that basically Macs are getting short trift at Apple. They don't get the meetings with Sir Jonathan Ive like they used to. Don't get the intention. The next year's Mac upgrades will consist of a simple refresh for the iMac, MacBook, and MacBook Pro, and doesn't mention anything else. In a message to Apple employees on a company message board, Tim Cook says, we, of course, are high on the Mac, and he promises that there's a roadmap for the Mac desktops that's going to be really big. And obviously, he's saying desktops, plural. The iMac is one product line. He doesn't tell us when, of course. One hopes they mean 2017. But I suspect Cook posted that message. I don't know if you read it, Kirk. Yeah, I did. In response to the Bloomberg article. Yeah. Basically saying they don't know what the heck they're talking about. The Bloomberg article is not the only one. There have been several recently. And and I think it's, it's telling that... Apple is sort of losing its coherence um, as far as people like us who've been using the Mac for a long time. We're starting to look at Apple as as if it's a company that doesn't know which direction it's going. Um, Now, I don't expect them to change the form factor of the iMac every year, and I think they got too obsessed with this whole thinness thing. You know, I've got a two-year-old 27-inch iMac, and it's got that thinner bit on the side, but... The iMac itself isn't thinner. It's just the edges of the display that's a little bit thinner. It's not that big a difference. I don't think they need to change things that much. I think they just need to upgrade the computers a little bit. You know, we're looking at a, a three-year-old uh, Mac Pro still still using three-year-old technology at a three-year-old price. I mean, the price hasn't changed since it was launched. Uh, frankly, that's just embarrassing that Apple hasn't done something with that computer or that they haven't dropped the price. The the, the iMac, okay, you don't need to change the iMac every year. And and there was a refresh a year ago. Um, So mine's two years old and it's a a generation back. The Mac mini hasn't been updated since 2014. It's not a big seller, but it's a workhorse. And and there are a lot of people who use it. Um, And, the, the the desktop line is just languishing. It's just it looks the same as it did, you know, three years ago when the Mac Pro came out. There's there hasn't been anything of note that's changed. You know, there was a minor bump to the Mac Mini, and there have been bumps. Um, no, I correct myself. The major bump, of course, is when I bought this iMac a little more than two years ago with the Retina display. But the big thing the they did, the big thing they did with the iMac, the 27-inch iMac, was the 5K Retina display, and then they brought the price down the second year. And then they added the enhanced color gamut, the HDR, as they say. Right, no one cares about that. Right, and that was the 2015 update. So the 2014 is the first 5K. The 2015 is the wider color gamut. And part of the problem this year with 2016 is that the four core processors in the KB Lake family from Intel are weren't even due to ship until the end of this year. So if Apple wants to do like an inline refresh with the iMac, next spring is fine. They can put KB Lake processors in there, better graphics, have it drive two external 5K displays. 
You know, there's also an Intel 8-core i7. And I wonder if that would be any advantage to offer that as an option for a 27-inch iMac. 8-core processor, maybe find a way, and I know they can do it with a Fusion drive, have two internal SSDs, drive two 5K external displays. They can offer that as almost a... As they say, a little bit of an olive branch to uh, uh, abandon Mac, Mac Pro, Pro users. Yeah, they could call it an iMac Pro. That's um, exactly they, what I call it, right. They can offer it for, you know, with two internal SSDs for maybe 4000 or so, whatever. The point being here is that probably a good portion of people who use Mac Pros would buy them. The key is how much better is the 8-core i7 than the 4-core? And if it's not that no good, idea. it wouldn't make a difference. No idea. And, and you know, we've gotten to the point where I don't even care anymore about the processor. And, and I've been saying this for a couple of years on your show. Um, this this iMac, so I bought it in September 2014, so it's two years and two months old, uh, two years and three months old. This is the longest I have had my main Mac um, in more than a decade, I think. We've got Kirk McElhern, more to come. I'm the Tech Night Owl Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. All right, guys. We're ready for our Four Seasons sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no. We'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym. My gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no. Wait. A family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So Kirk's mentioning that he's had his iMac now for over two years. And if you look at the increases in processor performance year over year, at just a few percent, you'll never notice it. You have to wait several years to see a real difference. Most of the things that Intel has done has been to use smaller dies, more components, lower power utilization, which is fine for a notebook, but makes no difference for an iMac or a Mac Mini or a Mac Pro. Yeah, so... I used to upgrade my main Mac every 18 to 24 months because that's always the sweet spot when you're selling something used and it still has some value. But there's absolutely no need to do that. And and this is going to live out its three years of Apple Care. It'll be the first time I've done that in a very long time. And it'll maybe even last longer because what could they do that would get me to buy a new iMac? It's fast enough for all the software that I use. I, I The only time I ever tax the processor is when I'm, you know, ripping Blu-ray discs and, and making digital digital videos from Blu-rays. The only thing I'd like to see is Touch ID, but I'm not buying a new iMac to get Touch ID. I would hope that they can figure out a way to put Touch ID onto a keyboard and or a trackpad. I simply can't see anything. I mean, you you said it earlier, the wider color gamut. It's just like people all over the place have just been wanting that wider color gamut forever. You know, it means... They've been lining up and only a photographers photographer will notice any difference oh exactly. yeah all right if you were side by side and you played a netflix video okay 
a Netflix 4K video on it and you looked at yeah. them side by side, you'd see the colors would have more pop. But yeah, otherwise, but the difference isn't that fast. Computer for that. If you've got a recent computer, if you've already got a retina, you're not going to buy a new computer for that. I mean, the change from non-retina to retina is striking. No one can miss that difference. It's like the change from SD to HDTV. Right, but, but the got, change no, from HDR to HDR from non-HDR color, we're talking about something that really, really you'd have to do side by side to notice the difference. It's not something that just grabs you. Yeah, but again, you're only going to see it with photos and videos. You're not going to see it when you're browsing the web or when you're working in, in a word processor. So the people who would notice that sort of difference are professionals who are working with Photoshop and Final Cut Pro and things like that, which is a small percentage of the desktop market, I would assume. So I can't see what they would do that would get me to buy a new iMac now. And I've been saying that for a year since after this one had been around for a year and, and they did the slight refresh. Maybe this computer will last five years and, and all the better. I just won't have to spend money on it. You know, this is interesting. This is the big dilemma here. They say, well, Apple needs to improve the Mac every year. But what if the improvement is almost non-existent? From year to year with these Intel chips, there's hardly any change. So you put in the new parts a new refreshed version of the iMac or a new refreshed version of the MacBook Pro before Apple did this redesign. I mean, you're looking at the specs right now. If you look at the comparisons with the 2015 MacBook Pro and the 2016, if you measure hard drive speed, it's much faster because they're using a faster SSD controller and faster SSDs. Every other way, you can barely tell the difference. Yeah. People are saying, when is Apple going to do something? Well, the problem is Intel. You well, know, okay, so that's a big problem. If the a problem very is big Intel, problem. Apple needs, it, Apple needs to either start making its own chips for the desktop or find someone else who can. But maybe it's just that we've hit a limit that this whole Moore's Laws thing is not going to work out much longer. I don't know. D- don't forget, however, you know, we're talking about year-on-year upgrades because we're in the business and we look at this closely. Don't forget there are people with five-year-old iMacs that are looking to upgrade. For them... Anything that they buy now is an improvement. You know, it's going to be a retina display versus a non-retina. But you get this situation where someone wants to buy a new Mac and they know that there's going to be an upgrade. So they're waiting in order to replace their computer because, you know, the iMac, it's been roughly every 12 to 18 months in the past few years. Mine came out in September 2014. I think it was October last year that they refreshed it. And right now, as I said, the next chip that Apple could use will be out. March, April, for them in quantity. Yeah, so if you're looking to buy a new iMac and and you're really not desperate to get one, you're going to wait. You're not going to rush to buy one now. And you see, in the case of the MacBook Pro, Apple could have done that minor refresh with a press release. Instead, they made it thinner, lighter, did some controversial moves, but they made it different. They had the touch bar, which is different. They put some time and investment because... Otherwise, look at PC technology. Look at all the companies. Well, maybe the Microsoft Surface Studio is different because it's using a very large touchscreen that can be maneuvered in different ways. Other than that, what's the difference year over year? I mean, you're attacking Mac for not being that different year over year. Apple skips a year or something. What's changed in PC land? It's just a little bit here, a little bit there. To be fair, it's not specific to the Mac, but it's just that we're used to the Mac. 
being upgraded more interestingly. You know, a few years ago, we got SSDs, then we got retina displays. We've gotten to the, the, the point where there's not a lot of technology that can change. And I feel like a broken record because I, I think I say this very often on your show, that we have reached a point that technology is, is kind of peaking. You can get faster SSDs. Okay. There's no point in getting a display with more pixels because the distance you look at it, you already can't see the pixels. There's not a lot that can be done. So what can Apple do? Apple has a reputation as this company who's been upgrading things over a long period of time at a certain pace, and that pace is slowing down. And maybe they just need to come out and say, well, hey, this is what's happening. We're going to slow down. But they can't say that. They can't. It'll make the company look like they're behind. They're constrained by Intel, except for the Mac Pro, I think the parts would be reasonably faster. But then the new KB Lake Xeons are not yet shipping in 8-core. They didn't have an 8-core version yet. So, you know, Apple could wait for that and come up with something that's really new in spring. All the latest new Intel hardware. And this year they came out with a MacBook Pro not because of the chips they used, but because of the other features. Because otherwise, it doesn't look good. But then to say, well, Apple is not interested in Macs. They're making $22 billion in revenue every year from Macs. They're interested. But they're also practically limited where you can go with PC technology. And right now, the only thing you can do except for something like a touch bar, because thinner, lighter makes no difference once you reach a certain point. Other than that, little things like that, little tricks, what do you do? You have to wait for faster parts faster graphics processors. I mean, there's a point where it doesn't make a difference. Or the difference, as an audio writer once said years ago, does the difference make a difference? And Mm. so Apple is being constrained by the same considerations as any PC maker. And I just don't think there's a lot they can do. I mean, look at the iPad upgrades. What else can you add to an iPad? except for a faster A-series processor and now the wider color gamut, maybe a few other things. I don't know. Kirk McElhern, tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me at my website, Kirkville, and you'll find this interesting, Gene, because you can now get there at kirkville.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I write about iTunes and lots of other things. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com.
Good day, America. Are you tired of your butt cheeks being frozen? Tired of cold hands or cold feet? I'm tired of the cold. Well, there's a new kid on the block. It's Fortress Clothing. Fortress will keep you warm. Fortress does what no other clothing company has ever done. We keep you warm in the cold, even when wet. You heard that right, even when wet. No BS, no gimmicks. Work, play, sweat in the cold, and stay warm. So quit your complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. FortressClothing.com, enter coupon code AMERICA and get 20% off any item. Mittens, jackets, pants, balaclavas, or hot socks. FortressClothing.com, enter coupon code AMERICA. You're going to love being warm all winter long. FortressClothing.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now, 1-800-441-9833. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call miniCPAP.com now. 1-800-441-9833. Again, that's 1-800-441-9833. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Now, before we get with Dr. Timothy Summers, I wanted to mention this, and that is after we did our interview with Kirk McElhern, the news came out that Consumer Reports magazine has decided not to recommend the MacBook Pro because of erratic battery life. Like every time they tested it, they came up with wildly divergent figures. It's going to be a big story for this coming week. Let's move on. 
So before we got started with Dr. Timothy Summers, we were just exchanging notes here about family members coming in for the holidays. Of course, he has relatives from around the world. And my son who lives in Madrid, Grayson Steinberg, who many of you know because he originally co-hosted the Tech Night Out Live with me, is in from Madrid. Had to take three planes to get to Phoenix. And you think, my God, E.T.'s got to land here and teach us warp drive and how to use those teleportation machines, transports. This way we can just beam him over. I mean, you know, you've got to think about somebody sitting in a plane for, what, 14, 15 hours, taking three planes, then the waiting period, it's like a full day. Anyway, let's look into security and all the crazy things that are going on. Now, refresh our listeners' memory. We heard not so long ago about a email break-in at Yahoo that affected Correct. several hundred million customers. And now there's a second one they revealed from 2013 with one billion customers. Sounds like Dr. Carl Sagan used to say billions and billions. What's left from Yahoo? Yeah, this is a perfect example of just a pure corporate malfeasance, really. Yahoo is just exposed that they've lost (laughs) uh, billions of records. But in addition to that, it's also been exposed that uh, they've been scanning emails for the U.S. government at the same time. So not only did they lose the data to malicious hackers, they've actually been giving it away to the government as well. Well, they didn't have to do anything. Just think about that. Now, does (laughs) Yahoo have anything in their terms of service that sets limits? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, This really is a traumatic year for Yahoo, right? And so with regard to their policies, I think at this point, any policies that they did or do have have gone out of the window. Between the fact that they lost all this data to hackers and, and are now being exposed for government surveillance, and Ireland's actually also trying to decide whether or not they actually broke European law with this uh, government surveillance program. So Yahoo's just really having a traumatic year. It's just not good for them right now. Now, I understand here, they've been trying to save Yahoo for several years before they switched to Microsoft's Bing search engine. Now they're selling themselves to Verizon, which already owns AOL. Now, just think about AOL. Remember AOL? And I was real young. We know we're sure that Tim was there, but pretty young himself. When they used to send out these floppy disks for AOL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in those days, you didn't have flat rate internet. You paid CompuServe like up to what for twelve, sixteen dollars an hour or something in peak hours, and you can go right. online and go broke. <laughs> you know, if you have an expensive habit, just imagine CompuServe. And then AOL came in there and said, "We're only four dollars an hour. Sign up." And they had kind of a mostly Mac user base at that particular point in time, and I signed up. But AOL engineered this coup where they took over Time Warner you know, like 2000 or so, yeah, 2001. They did, it was like one of the biggest corporate mergers ever where Steve Case, the founder of AOL, he hoodwinked Time Warner to join them. You got, you got to give Steve Case credit for that deal. Oh, <laughs> I met Steve Case once. Ever. <laughs> I met Steve Case once in the 90s and he came over and shook my hand and then sort of walked away. I met Steve Jobs too a couple of times. But anyway, so... AOL, never the paragon for security, had such great customers using their email as Colin Powell for his 
State Department email. He used AOL. Anyway, so Yahoo is in the same boat as AOL, declining company, and they're acquired by Verizon. And I think there has to be a certain corporate due diligence here, right, Tim, where the corporation has to give the new buyer all the information about finances and everything. And they sort of didn't tell him that a few hundred million email accounts were compromised. And now it's a billion from 2013. What else aren't they telling us? Yeah, this is actually a really big debate right now, conversation rather, is whether or not this is going to substantially damage the potential of this acquisition uh, by Verizon of, of Yahoo, especially considering that uh, there's all of these various cases right now that are out against Yahoo. You know, Marissa Mayer is absolutely just having a horrific time, and, and it's, it's been known widely that the CEO of Verizon has, has given the executive staff at Yahoo you know, peace of his mind with regard to this deal, because in order to make an acquisition like this, a very large acquisition uh, at that, it really is uh, all of these things need to be up front, right? Transparency is important. And it's obvious that Yahoo just has not been being transparent. Even with regard to the surveillance programs that they've been a part of, consider for a moment, Dean, that Yahoo actually created a special program that allows the government to sort through all correspondence through the Yahoo systems. So every person who used Yahoo, your emails are being scanned for uh, pretty much anything the government wants to scan it for. And so these are things that were not exposed in those preliminary negotiations as well as those breaches that Yahoo has experienced. Now, you have to wonder about Marissa Mayer, because here's a woman who was educated at Stanford. She's a brilliant woman. At the top of her game, she worked for Yahoo. I've met for her. Google. She's, she's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've met her. She's very brilliant. Great engineer. Yeah. Uh, this is really actually a case of really the sort of standard executive habits, right, where we're pushing security down the road. They were really just focused on making the window dressing, right, for Yahoo so that this acquisition could go through. But you and I both know, Gene, that window dressing is uh is not ground truth right window dressing <laughs> window dressing is not quality so that's really where yahoo fell victim now understand this woman is a former teacher of computer programming and i didn't know this just now i i, I was looking up her bio when she was at google she set up the acquisition for zagat for google to buy so anyway, you know, we're talking about somebody here who has a great pedigree, although it says in the bio she was at one point demoted at Google for something. Do you know why that happened at all, Tim? I'm not familiar with her demotion. If anything, I would suspect that it has to do with her relationship with management. You know, Marissa is a very outspoken, brilliant engineer, and, and, and I, I've heard rumblings that there you know, was a little bit of contention, but, but I, I'm not quite sure the details behind the demotion. Well, here's a weird one here. It says here that someone named Scott Art filed a lawsuit against Mayer leading a sexist campaign, like a sexist in reverse of what we normally expect, which is to have all-male staff to purge male employees from Yahoo. Can you do yeah, that? Yeah, so that I, that I had heard about. That I had heard about. 
with regard to a lot of the new uh, sort of policies that are in place with regard to encouraging increases in, uh, in female engineers in the company. And there were some male engineers that really sort of felt that that was uh, a bit reverse sexist, if you will. So there definitely has been some conversation about that. But, but I think that that's actually a quite a controversial topic, especially, especially considering that Silicon Valley has, you know, has, has definitely been identified as a, as a place that has a sort of male-dominated environment. And, and which can sometimes lead to um, various forms of sexual harassment and, 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 you know, and sort of sexist activities. I'll tell you what, let's continue this and talk more about the security angle in our next segment with Tim Summers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset Jeans, here to wish you all a Merry Christmas. For over 20 years, we have built a loyal customer base with 100% American-made jeans featuring enhanced fit, comfort, durability, and style. Today, all of our inventory is discounted by 20%, so don't delay. Enjoy a wonderful shopping experience at gusset.com. Thanks for keeping our American dream alive, the original Diamond Gusset Jean. 
Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. Have you ever wondered why farmers can keep their livestock lean and healthy just by feeding them minerals in a nutrient-dense diet? Before market, they cut off their minerals, leaving them to crave high-calorie grains to fatten them up. So if weight control is this easy, why does the medical system prescribe invasive surgical gastric bypass for humans? The truth be told, according to research, you can avoid over 900 different diseases just by getting 90 essential nutrients daily. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com and order your Healthy Start Pack and get your 90 for life. Or dial 855-301-TEAM. I said essential, not optional, and every day. Easy. 90 for life on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com or call 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. That's 855-301-TEAM. Check us out on the web at sonsoflibertyteam.com at sonsoflibertyteam.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. First, I want to remind you to check out Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. You sign up, you get the commercial-free version of this show, and you help support us. Now, we offer really low subscription rates. The prices start at $4.99 a month. For that, you get a commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio. All for that. Great way, as I said, to support the show. Once again, go to plus.technightout.com to learn more about how to sign up. So check it out. Dr. Timothy Summers is with us, and we were talking about Yahoo and what's going on there. And I was looking up all the scuttlebutt about the president, Marissa Mayer. But with all the other issues here, how could she hide all this information about these security lapses? Or maybe they didn't tell her. It's like the people at Volkswagen, they didn't tell the executives when they were setting up this emission cheating software. Right. She know. What did she know? Gene, I would find it hard to believe that uh, that you know the executives at, at uh, Yahoo were not informed about these breaches. Because keep in mind, some of these breaches, um, you know, the earlier ones with the 500 million records, that that had happened quite some time ago. So anyone who was at Yahoo knew about that. To be fair. Exactly. But why would they hide this from Verizon? I understand practically, okay, it makes the company worth less. But do they not know that Verizon's a pretty large, powerful company and they'll figure it out? Uh, no. If we're hiding it, um, how, how would they know? <laughs> uh, you know, because it wasn't that Verizon didn't know that a breach had happened. Verizon was not informed to the magnitude of that breach, right? And so that's really, that's really the kicker. 
um, the same way that they didn't think Verizon would know about this uh, government surveillance program that they had going that they have going on, right? And but I mean to be fair, Yahoo isn't the only company that's providing access to customer data. I mean, Facebook, Microsoft, and Google are all doing the same, right? But you know, this is just one of those situations where. Yahoo really has been trying to the whole point of Marissa going to Yahoo really was to make it a make it a solid buy, right? Because Yahoo there's been a lot of discussion about the acquisition of Yahoo for quite some time. So her the role of her going there and taking that job was to make it a beautiful pro, beautiful thing for you to buy. And and that's really what she'd been focusing on doing. Uh, where she got caught up is that uh, <laughs> the information about these massive breaches came out during that time where they were fixing up their window dressing. So she sugarcoated, I guess, right? Of course, of course. Uh, I, or she and the, and the rest of the executives involved, I mean, the, the security, keep in mind, the security, um, uh, there was a security officer that came to Yahoo with Marissa. Uh, I believe he came from Google as well. And uh, and he was actually, you know, when it, when he came to Yahoo, many security professionals were incredibly excited about that because it implied that Yahoo was going to be taking security very seriously since they brought on, you know, these really, really great engineers, these great minds, uh, both from the business and product development perspective, which was Marissa's expertise, and really sort of from the security perspective. And then coming from Google, you know, the, the, the sort of implications there was that, were that this was going to be amazing. But remember, he left. Actually, he and Marissa got into it. There was some contention. And so he left and went to Facebook. So that in and of itself was one of the first signs to my partners and I with regard to, you know, whether Yahoo was being was really doing the solid work or were they really just trying to put on the show? Well, they got caught. So now, of course, if Horizon continues with this, they're going to renegotiate everything. At this point, the name Yahoo is so tainted after all oh, these yeah. revelations that they basically, if they want to sell the company at all at this point, they've got to take anything they can get. Well, Gene, you know, let's let's just be honest here. 2016, we saw a lot of companies' names get tainted, right? We saw billions of records of customer data taken by malicious hackers from premier tech companies. We saw our presidential elections disrupted through email hacking. We even saw a massive distributed denial of service attack take down some of the most used websites. And, right, the most elite group within the NSA was hacked and their code stolen. So it you know, begs to question, what does 2017 have in store for us? Well, the thing that bothers me about all this, and we should talk about it, is the impression you get here is that there is no way to keep anything secure. Now, I haven't even gone into hacking key fobs for cars. So we talked about that once upon a time, but maybe we should mention more of it because I heard somewhere that a very high percentage are vulnerable. But let's get back to all these other things with Yahoo and all these other problems and that is are these companies and are the governments not spending enough money on protecting themselves hiring people like a timothy summers to find out ways or is it at a point here where if somebody wants to do something they can just be persistent and they'll get through eventually 
Well, that's a great question. Oh, by the way, with regard to the key fobs, um, I actually know the gentleman who created the device that that uh, uh, swipes the codes from the key fobs. So if you're ever interested in, in that, I, I can probably put you in touch with him. No guarantees. Yeah, I'm going to ask that, you that about that, and then case, maybe after we're off the air, let's, <laughs> let's talk about sure, that. Because sure. maybe I'll, I'll ask him to come over here and try the key fob for my car and see how quickly it can break in. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> but, but, but that, so with regard to your yeah. with regard to your question, you know, I I I actually will say this: um, the hacks that have really been major in 2016 really did not require substantial uh, sophistication. In fact, uh, they were actually in many cases quite simple. Uh, just take, for example, the emails, John Podesta's emails. Yeah, that could have been mitigated just by the use of two-factor authentication and some better passwords. Uh, now, that's an <laughs> interesting story here. Supposedly, he got this email, a phishing email, and he sends it over to his IT guy, who apparently overlooked like a, a spelling mistake or something, and said, yeah, this is okay. Famous last words. Yep. Yep. So that was just, that's a simple phishing email, right? This is really this is really uh, as simple as paying attention. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, my company, Summerlin Company, we just did a uh, uh, you know a phishing campaign with one of our our clients. Actually, we just did it with a couple of our clients. But but the point is that this is something that happens all over the place, right? Your 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 typical um, company. Usually, you can see about a 20 uh, to 30 percent response rate to your phishing emails. I mean, that's actually pretty high. <laughs> Whoa, think about 20 that. to 30 percent. You know, I thought, you know, occasionally somebody screws up. And I don't know too many people personally <laughs> who have done it. I know that when my wife gets email, the slightest suspicion, she sends it to me. And I just usually sure. tell her, well, you know, forget about it. It's not even worth worrying about. But 20 to 30%, oh, my God. Gene, it, it basically, the way it looks is if we sent out, let's just say you and I decided to do a phishing campaign. If we sent out uh, emails, right, to 100 people, there's a pretty good chance, there's a pretty good chance in, in a company. If it's in a company, about 20 folks are going to click on our link. Now imagine if that link was attached to some malicious code. As soon as someone clicks on it, they've given us open access. It's, it's choice. It's whatever we want. So in the situation with John Podesta, you know, the hackers sent him a spear phishing email. And, you know, I guess, like, you know, going off of, uh, off of you, what you said, you know, he sent it to his IT guy, and his IT guy said, oh, this looks good. But, you know, I'm not really quite sure how true that is, because the IT guy would have known if that password reset email was legitimate or not. And if for sure that IT person said, oh, yeah, this is good, that means that they really did not look at it, right? They really didn't pay attention. Because somewhere in that email, there were some addresses that were not uh, that were not official. Okay, somebody didn't do their job. Okay, so this allowed, <laughs> theoretically, then, the Russians to get this information. Now, I want to ask about this because, obviously, a certain president-elect has disputed this. And, obviously, he has no technical knowledge of any of these things. That's not his expertise, whatever you think about him. He knows nothing about IT, about security, or any of that stuff. I'm going to ask you in our next segment, Tim... 
How can they see the breadcrumbs that would indicate a possible source? And can that information just be forged? You know, maybe the Chinese are trying to take over and make it seem as if the Russians did it. We've got more or a 400 pound man in the basement. We've got Dr. Timothy Summers. I'm Gene Steinberger <laughs> in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, I'm going to start seeing letters right now to the Tech Night Owl Live saying that you don't like 400-pound people in a basement. And my response is, I've had weight problems in my youth, which I overcame at the age of 18. I weigh now about five pounds less than I weighed at the age of 18. I weighed 190 then, I'm 185 or so now with very heavy shoes. So, you know, I guess I have no sympathy for it, although I realize, you know, people have problems. So I'm not discriminating against 400 pound people. Just Stop eating all those Oreos cookies, okay? Now, so how do we know? You know, when you're looking at this, you're trying to do, look at the evidence, doing some kind of forensic analysis of what might have happened. How do you find the source? Actually, Gina, I'm going to give it to you straight here. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of different ways to analyze the traffic. But one thing that it's important for you to recognize is that 
the government does have access, and this is, this is widely known. It's been talked about in the media. And the only reason I'm even talking about it now is because journalists have been uh, asking me about it and news media uh, outlets have been talking about it. But the government does have and is knowledgeable about various security vulnerabilities and exploits that exist within commercially available product, right? And, and, and the government has programs such as the vulnerabilities equities process that essentially enables the government to not talk about uh, and not communicate to the manufacturers those security vulnerabilities. And so if you're the government and you have knowledge of these vulnerabilities, that gives you a little bit of a backdoor to being able to track down things that, uh, or, or folks who you think may have hacked or, or committed a cyber attack. So combine that with the technical capabilities of a nation state like the United States government and our capabilities for identifying at the very minimum where an attack originated is quite, is quite good. So how come they can be hacked themselves so easily? Well, everyone can be hacked, right? There's no such thing as a system that's unhackable. And in this case, it was social engineering. Okay, so they have ways they could look at the breadcrumbs and say, okay, this has earmarks of Russian hackers, possibly. Well, let's take it even further, right? So let's just say that you and I are the government, and we know that there is a certain manufacturer of Internet uh, devices, like, uh, I don't know, let's just say like Cisco or something like that. And they have equipment that's all around the world that's used for just routing the traffic on the Internet. And let's just say you and I are familiar or aware of a security flaw, right, within some of the products that that company makes. And so now that we have that knowledge, right, and let's just say we've, we've been looking at traffic, Internet traffic, and so we can see that Internet traffic's been coming from a certain part of the world, maybe just get it down to a continent. But because of our knowledge about a security flaw in that manufacturer's product, we can now zoom down to a very specific level with regard to, okay, well, let's look and see what traffic came through which routers or what traffic came through which switches, right? And so at that point, we may not be able to pinpoint the precise the person, but we can pinpoint with relatively decent precision within an 85 to 100-mile radius even, uh, and definitely within country, right? So think of it that way. So when we say where it came from, we know. Well, that's another thing, too. Is it possible for the people doing this to forge their signature so that they must know that they may be able to look at the security leak in their router and find that traffic, is there a way they could hide this at all? Or is that something that's just open? Well, there's always a way to hide where you're coming from. However, keep in mind, the security vulnerabilities that I'm talking about, that the government is aware of, no one else knows about. They're zero-day exploits, right? And so that's why this vulnerabilities equities process exists in the first place, is so that the government is not forced to communicate with the public or the manufacturers about these security flaws that the government has identified. And so that's really the, the true value of vulnerabilities equities, is the fact that you can be aware of these vulnerabilities in this infrastructure technology and not tell anyone and utilize it to your advantage. It's fair to say, then, that if they were able to break into the Democratic National Committee with social engineering, 
there's a reasonable chance they broke into Republican email, too, or we don't know? Or was it one of those oh, unhappy accidents? No, they definitely did. If they were able to get into the DNC, they were definitely able to get into the RNC. The, the difference is that whoever these hackers were, right, so it gets back to something I talked to you about a long time ago, Gene, is that whenever people talk about hacking, they like to think about motivation. It's more about intent. These hackers had the ability to get into the DNC and the RNC. However, they decided to only release information regarding the DNC and the Clinton administration. That gives a sheer sign of intent. Okay, so they went in there with the plan to get this. It wasn't just opening the door and hoping someone walks in. It was, we're going to get these people. We're going to do it by hook or crook. So if John Podesta hadn't responded to that phishing email, they would have done it a different way. Of course, of course. And remember, before the Podesta emails were leaked, General Powell's emails were leaked. Uh, and there were many staffers whose emails were leaked. Hillary Clinton's emails were leaked. John Podesta was just another pawn in that game. And remember here, Colin Powell is a Republican, even though he twice voted for Obama. And I exactly. guess he voted for Clinton. He's a Republican. Well, that, so remember, the reason he was hit was because Secretary Clinton specifically asked him a question, inquired about how to manage her email from her own system. Remember, that was the only reason he was even exploited in that situation, was because he was a friend of the Clintons, and uh, Secretary Clinton went to him for advice. And remember here, as I said before, Powell used AOL. And no one made a big deal of that, but remember, this is the early 2000s. And AOL has never been a paragon of security. So it had to have been quite a bit worse then. And, and, and it also, to be fair, right, there were many situations where, the, where Gmail accounts were hacked as well. Exactly. So what do you do? What do you do? Any case, so they were able well, to find out who did it. And I assume, therefore, by knowing who did it in Russia, they realize, okay, these are sources that might be in Russian intelligence or something. They know this well, has to lead up to the top. Well, well, Gene, actually, you know, to, to get back to your, your, your quick question of, you know, what do you do, what do you do? Well, what you could do is, if you're concerned, you could take a look at some of the privacy guides that are out there on the Internet. In fact, I actually just published one with Fast Company just a week or two ago, and it's, a, you know, a hacker's guide to protecting your privacy in turbulent times. That's what you could do, just to answer that question. With regard to who... In Russia, we don't know precisely who, right? The government has not pinpointed precisely who. However, uh, they they are familiar with you know some of the groups that are involved, and and that's really at the end of the day what's most important. What's most important is not necessarily the individual attribution, and and unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of attention that goes toward hey, tell me who, tell me who. Um, I can't tell you how many times. I've received requests from folks saying, tell me who did this. Um, but the, the, the true value is not about who did it, but ask, actually asking the question of what was the intent behind the action? Because if you have a deep understanding of the intent behind the action, you can get a pretty good feel for who. In this particular case, with the Clintons and the DNC and, and really sort of taking this presidential election approach uh, to the cyber attack, the intent points a direct finger, right, toward uh, any groups that are Russian-based that have a specific uh, sort of 
concern or dislike of the Clintons. And, and then, specifically, not going after the RNC, right, also shows some, uh, some sense of allegiance in that respect. So if you think about it, just purely based on the intent, right, it kind of narrows it down quite a bit to who, to the, the question of who. We'll have more on this and other subjects, including hacking your key fobs for your car. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we were talking here about the issues with regard to the Russian hacking of the DNC with Dr. Timothy Summers. So you would say then or suggest to me that when the other side denied it, it was just politics. Well, when the other side, uh, with regard, when you say the other side, you're, you're talking about the Russians or? No, I'm talking yeah. about the Republicans or specifically the Trump campaign. When they said, no, we, ah, we wow. don't know it was the Russians. That's politics. Well, it could it could be could not be right. We don't really know what the Republicans actually know, but I can tell you this: if the Republicans have any form of uh, intelligence uh, officers or intelligence team, which I'm sure they do, you and I both know they do, those folks are going to tell them, "Hey, look, this is what the situational awareness is, right?" And whoever's doing this is obviously going after the Clintons and the DNC. That plays in our favor. Let's just let that happen. (laughs) So if you're looking to win that sort of a a competition, especially with regard to the the most powerful position in the world, you're not going to stand up and try to fight that, right? So it's not a question here of of anything else but, oh, okay, this is something that would help us just leave it alone don't get involved take a hands-off approach well it's interesting that it it actually very strongly became a republican strategy right if you take a, a play out of the playbook of the republican strategy during the election um, it was quite fascinating that the Republicans, whenever there was a, a talk about cybersecurity, it always came back to Secretary Clinton's emails, right? Which, which was a perfect play because it, it was true, right? <laughs> Her emails were exposed. There were people within the DNC whose emails were exposed. And there was a lot of really, you know, when you open up that kimono, there was a lot of really ugly stuff there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's writing the wall. Let me ask you a question here. On an individual basis, someone has an email account, say a private account, with one of these companies that does it like Polaris Mail or or Rackspace or any of these firms or with your web host. 
Is there a way for someone like you to look over that email system and decide what the security problems are? Of course. Of course. I would actually recommend that to your listeners to utilize secure email services like ProtonMail or Tutanota for sure. I mean, that, that would be my recommendation, bar none. Okay. Well, thanks for that recommendation. Let's go back to cars for a second here, okay? And we see sure. this on TV where the criminal, the spy, the terrorist organization, whatever it is, what they do is they take over your car. Suddenly the brakes don't work or it starts going somewhere other than you intended to drive. They've taken over all the structure. But the thing here, and this was something pointed out to me the other day, in the old days, a car was very mechanical. So you have a really good mechanic. You can listen to the car. Ah, okay, this spark plug is misfiring and we can do this or we can fix the carburetor. No such thing as a carburetor anymore. But whatever it was, they could figure out what's going on by listening, by tinkering. They can make the car work better. Now you want to get your car checked. You go into the shop and they plug it into a port and they take this portable diagnostic device that tells you everything about that car completely everything or i'll give you another example here where you sign up with an insurance company and they say if you let us monitor your driving habits and we think you're safe we'll give you a discount on your insurance they give you this little thing that plugs into that data port and wirelessly sends information to a company contracted by the insurance carrier to look at your driving habits so this also creates the climate for mischief doesn't it of course it does of course it does I mean, we're seeing that all over the place, right? I mean, Verizon just rolled out their new program as well uh, called Hum. I'm sure that you've seen the commercials for it, Gene. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a program where you can plug in a device in your car, and what it allows you to do is to say you want to use it for your teenager who's just gotten their driver's license, as the commercial so uh, eloquently puts it, and you want to set speed limits for the car. Uh, so maybe you say you don't want your 15-year-old or 16-year-old or 17-year-old rather to drive over 45 miles an hour. If they do, uh, you receive a text message. Uh, maybe you only want them to be able to go from home to school if they go outside of that sort of, uh, you know, that, that geographic uh, limitation. You receive a text message saying where they are. So, I mean, these are, these are all, these, all of these sorts of new programs that we're rolling out that provide these kinds of capabilities. And a lot of this stuff, I mean, all of it, right, is connected to wireless systems. So the question that you have to ask is, what are we really opening ourselves up to? And how about the fact that, you know, most of our cars are completely computerized. I mean, you don't have to go too far to see that with a car like a Tesla or even all the way back to a 2011 Nissan Maxima. And the mid-sized cars, the mid-priced cars you look at, they've got incredible technology. We're not talking about spending $100,000 on a Tesla or $40,000, $50,000 on a BMW 3 Series. We're talking about a Volkswagen Passat or Jetta or a Honda Accord or cars that regular people afford have incredible systems. And now what you're talking about here to monitor a child's driving skills, it's basically setting up spyware in your car that's going to look at the systems and see what's going on and know exactly when they exceed those limits. Okay, so when we have all that wonderful capability to inform us about the car's condition to make sure our children are driving safely, that opens up 
mischief. It's mischief time. That's absolutely right. And mischief from the malicious hacker perspective can uh, result in heavy disruption and or destruction for the rest of us. So now we understand why it's an authorized system that you allow. Now somebody wants to take over your car. In the old days, someone wanted to steal your car. What they would do is they would, you'd have this physical lock, which is now electronic, and they take a coat hanger and do something with the physical lock to get in the window or just break the window and get in the car. And then they take two wires and they bridge them and they start the ignition. Every TV show shows this, but of course, in the real world, you can't do that anymore, can you? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you can. Uh, well, you definitely can't break into cars the way that it's portrayed on television. I mean, that, that just hasn't happened in quite some time. Okay, so someone wants to break into your car. And it's a normal car, normal car, America, Europe, whatever. Someone wants to break into your car. What do they do? If you have an advanced key fob, is that the trigger? Is that the easiest way, the more advanced it is? Well, today, the the most effective way to break into a car, yeah, simply would be to leverage uh, some of these uh, tools that you can purchase on the dark web uh, to copy the signals sent from your car's key fob. Let's break here and let's discuss this. Break into your car's key fob. I don't know, buy a 30-year-old car and they'll just break in the old-fashioned way. I don't know. We have Timothy <laughs> Summers. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP hardened generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP hardened solar generator energy insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. Honey, what is that in your CPAP mask? Oh, that's just my mold collection. Oh, gross. And what is that? What, that bacteria colony right there? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay, CPAP users, admit it. You're not always as careful about cleaning your system as you should be. Unfortunately, a dirty mask and hose can make you sick. Respiratory infections, allergy attacks, and more. But now there's an easy way to protect yourself. SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of CPAP germs in minutes. For a limited time, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-944-1065. 
so clean is hands-free. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP comes out clean and fresh in minutes. Don't let germs wreak havoc on your health. Call in the next 10 minutes for your risk-free trial. 1-800-944-1065. That's 1-800-944-1065. Hello again. My name is Gary Clark. I'm the actor who's turning 80 in August who played the part of Steve on the 1960s Western TV series, The Virginian. Now, those of you who've suffered the side effects of prescribed medicines know what I'm talking about. And those of you who have watched the devastating effects that worrying about you has had on your loved ones. And what I shared a few months ago is only part of the story. I neglected to mention how One World Whey protein powder has affected my life. Now, I realize this is not dinner table conversation but here goes anyway. One World Way solved my irregularity. I'd been plagued with constipation for years, and I thought it would be that way for the rest of my life. Three weeks on One World Way set me on a new path. That was five months ago, and I haven't been irregular since. Will it work the same way for you? I don't know. It worked for me. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Okay, the key fob is also the key for the hacker to get into your car. So how safe are they? Well, these key fobs uh, send a radio signal, and that radio signal can be duplicated. And once duplicated, the device that has copied it can essentially have the same accesses that your key fob would have. So basically the way this works, you are the legitimate owner of the car. You have your remote. You lock and unlock the car. It's sending a radio signal to the car in order to lock and unlock it. Let's just say malicious Gene is sitting in the bushes and he has a device that allows him to copy that, that signal, that lock and unlock signal that you're sending. Can I have a malicious <laughs> laugh here? <laughs> the shadow. No, that's not the one. <laughs> okay, so I'm malicious Gene and I'm hiding, in the, uh, I'm hiding in the bushes. So you can essentially copy that signal. And, and, and with your device, send the exact same signal as my legitimate remote that I've gotten from the manufacturer. Now, in most cases with new cars, Gene, the remote actually allows you to start the car. It's a proximity key. 
so if you copy that signal, right, you can essentially not just lock and unlock the car, but you can actually get into the car, unlock the car, get into it. The car now thinks that you're the owner, and now you can power it up. Now, I'll give you a sample of the way Volkswagen has it set up in a lot of their mid-priced cars with their keyless entry. You put the key in your pocket. You go up to the door handle. and some cars, you push a little button on the door handle to open it. With the Volkswagen, yep. you just reach under the handle and it senses that proximity and unlocks it. And if you do it a second time, you, it unlocks all the rest of the locks in the car. And then when you get in, you have a little switch. You press the switch, you know, put your fit on the brake press the switch, and it starts up, and you have full control. There you go. So someone is going to duplicate your key fob, which is, in a sense, electronically like the old days, duplicating your key, you know, making an impression of your key for your house. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And then you make a key like it, and you can enter somebody's home. In this case, they make an impression of your key fob. Now, let's look at the mechanics here, because you know the guy who is able to do this. Well, with the new devices that are out now, you actually don't have to be all that close at all. You could be you could be as close as you are when you're standing next to your car in the parking lot at Best Buy and someone is using their remote to unlock their car with their you know, with whatever it is they just bought in the store. So um, you can just so, walk up to the car and do your magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, a there's a hacker who's created a device that allows you to do that. Uh, and it's thirty bucks, costs thirty bucks. Do you have to actually walk up to the person who is using the key fob and catch him in the act? You just need to be in the near area where they are in order to capture the signal, right? I mean, it's a radio signal. Radio signals travel pretty far. Um, So you just need to be somewhere in that, you know, in that remote vicinity, uh, ideally in the line of sight, right? And be able to capture the signal that way, but I mean, basically, that could—that's as simple as you waiting outside of Best Buy and waiting for someone to come out carrying a lot of stuff, right, and unlocking their car <laughs> as they're walking over to it. Um, I mean, you just wait for the right person to do the right thing, and uh, you've got access. How long does this take to do? Oh, this is this is simply within minutes, easy. I mean, okay. the best, ideally, the way you would want to do this, wait for someone outside of a store, capture their signal as they're trying to unlock their car, coming back with their groceries or whatever it is that they've just purchased. They get in their car. You get in your car. You follow them back to wherever it is that they live or the next place they're going to stop, right? Once they get out, you walk over to the car, use your device with the captured signal that you captured back at the store, unlock the car, get into it, drive off with the car. I mean, what could be more easy than that? Can you then, based on that, create a phony fob? Well, that's technically what it is. It's technically a phony fob. Say you wanted to sell that car to somebody who wanted a stolen car. Can you you give them this device, or do you create like a duplicate? Just create a duplicate, right? Because now you've got that signal stored on your device, so you could very much easily just make a duplicate of it. Okay, so it requires basically spending a couple of minutes with a specific target in mind or just taking somebody at random who happens to get within your proximity or you dig the car or maybe the, the aftermarket for stolen cars wants that particular model. Right, correct. Okay, and this costs, you said, $35? 30 bucks. 
30 bucks. Okay. How accurate is it? What percentage of key fobs can it break into? Or is this a complete solution? That's a that's a good question. As of right now, I as of what I know, it's it's pretty complete solution because this is actually the second or third iteration of this device, right? Um, the hackers that have been working on this, they've actually been working on this quite some time. The first time we saw this device was maybe about six years ago, and uh, so this is actually a, a you know a conti- this has been a continued project. Uh, it really. And, and the hackers that are working on this are ethical hackers. They're, they're actually, their intent has been to inform the car and automobile industry to, to create uh, more secure devices and more secure protocols. So, so that's really been their intent here with this whole thing. Um, now it's just about waiting for the industry to catch up. Well, that is the big issue here. Knowing this, I would think every car maker worth his, her salt, its salt, would be going like crazy trying to shore up security. Yeah, you'd think so. They're starting to. They're, they're, to be fair, they're starting to. Uh, but they're still working on the issues that some of my buddies from uh, uh, Carnegie Mellon University um, show, you know, with the Jeeps, you know, the hacking the Jeeps. So the car manufacturers are just starting to address those issues. They haven't quite yet gotten to the key fob issues yet. It would seem to me with a $30 gadget... Now, is this something that's just available completely assembled, or do you get the instructions on building one? Both. Okay, so you buy this device, and and you think that even a teenager who's trying to sell some drugs on the side can do this pretty easily. This is not rocket science. No, this isn't rocket science. This is is step-by-step instructions. Uh, And and, 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 and actually, there, there are hackers out there, malicious hackers, who have taken the instructions and built it and they're just selling it to anyone who wants it right so i expect also it sounds to me like the repo guy or gal you know wants to pick up the car because you're not making your payments and they don't need to bring a tow truck they can just come over with one of these gadgets of course they got to catch you in the act but they can follow you with one of these gadgets and then that night they come back and they take your car and you can't do anything that's right. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's debatable as to whether or not the repo person should be able to do that. But you can, there's always, whenever you hear about a, a hacking device or methodology, there's always positives and negatives to it. Well, the thing I'd like to know here is if most cars are vulnerable to this, we heard about the incident with Jeeps. Once a manufacturer learns that its key fobs can be hacked, how do they stop it? Is it a software update to the car, or do they have to literally replace every key fob? It depends on how it's set up in the electronic system, right? I mean, if it's if it's something that um, if it's something that is is uh, can be pushed over air, right? Then they'll just push it over air, right? Because on even the cars, the Teslas, they actually have an over the air update. Uh, whereas if it's something that needs to be manually or physically done, then they'll just do it when you bring your car in for service, presuming that you do. Um, Other than that, you know, the question is whether or not you'll get the update really depends, right? And sometimes they even do recalls. So it really just depends on the car, depends on uh, on the manufacturer, depends on the system and the system architecture. We'll talk a little bit more about hacking your car's key fob. 
with Dr. Timothy Summers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food storage all love to eat. Yum! And now, three recent financial memories. Remember the market drops of 02, the financial crisis of 08, the flash crash of 2010. It's not if, but when. What do you have in place to protect your profits? OnTheMarkMoney.com introduces WealthGuard, a complete portfolio monitoring system that sends out direct alerts when your accounts hit a targeted downside value, and it works with all your retirement accounts, even 401k. Learn how to get WealthGuard free. Go to OnTheMarkMoney.com. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part? It's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention heartburn drug users. If you or a loved one has taken Nexium, Prevacid, or Prilosec to treat heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, and suffered serious kidney damage, chronic kidney disease, or kidney failure, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Studies from the JAMA Internal Medicine indicate a significant increased risk of acute and chronic kidney disease from taking proton pump inhibitors. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with kidney failure or chronic kidney disease after taking Nexium, Prevacid, or Prilosec to treat heartburn, acid reflux, or indigestion, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk now. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Call 800-225-8944. That's 800-225-8944. Again, 800-225-8944. Call now. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, fortunately, my car's in the garage right now but i guess if i'm over at the supermarket i go into walmart and spend a half hour or 45 minutes buying something and somebody wants my car they're gonna get my car it sounds to me though it's kind of like hacking email if somebody wants your car they're gonna get your car and they'll find a way it doesn't matter the solution they'll find a way gene the best way to look at it is to assume breach you know if someone wants in They'll find a way, depending on how determined they are and, and how much resources they have. Okay, so let's get to the bottom line here, and that is until or if companies do something with their software, and it's going to be a race. You know, They'll come up with an update, and the hackers will find a way to defeat that update, and back and forth, cat and mouse game. What do I do right now? I'm going to my car, and I go shopping, and my son's here from Madrid, and I take racing out. We're going to have lunch. And while we're having lunch, do I have to keep watching my car? <laughs> well, to be quite frank, as far as the cars go, what year's your car, Gene? It's pretty recent. Okay. So if you've got a recent car, there really isn't very much you're going to be able to do about it right now. That's just the nature of, the, of things. Uh, but, the, but what you can do is you can uh, check to see if your car has been one of the cars that has been impacted. Right, that is something that you can check on, and so you know you have to go online and see if that's been the case. I'm not sure. There was a site where you could go, and it would tell you if your car had been tested, the technology had been tested against your car or not. But I, I, I don't know if that site is still around, and I don't remember the name of it. So I'd be less concerned about my car. Just make sure that you don't use your key fob until you're right next to your car, right? And because if you're going to put your car in your garage. Even if someone did swipe the signal, I mean, how are they going to get into your garage to get the car? Bottom line here is just be cognizant of where you're using your key fob, right? Don't unlock your car from a quarter mile away. <laughs> Don't stand at the complete opposite end of the parking lot and, and lock and unlock your car. Try now, it's common for people, away. and this is something I've done myself, but I'm going to stop doing it now, to unlock the trunk as I get closer to the car with the supermarket shopping cart. So the key here is walk up to the car before I open that trunk and then open the trunk, get my business done, get the heck out of there. That's right. Be next to your car, at least in line of sight where you can see the car and there's no one else around, right, that looks suspicious, <laughs> that appears to potentially be trying to grab the signal. Just be aware of your surroundings, really. Okay. I think the bigger issue really is more so about how do we protect ourselves online as opposed to protecting the signal of your key fob because 
to be quite frank, there's really only so many things you can do with regard to that, and they're much more physical security things. They're much more in your control. They're easier to control. Be closer to your car. Make sure you have direct line of sight. You know, be aware of your surroundings. Those sorts of principles. And if you get a notice from your car manufacturer, or if you change your address, let them know so if there's a recall for security or anything, you know about it. And if you're not sure, call your car dealer. Call the repair shop. Say, Nick, listen, man, any recalls, any safety issues? They'll look it up in two seconds on their computer and let you know. They'd love to have you come in. Because remember, the car dealer, if they're doing a recall, they're getting a check for that from the manufacturer. They want you there. Definitely be aware of the correspondence that you're receiving from your car manufacturer, because many times they'll send you a notification in the mail, but you do have to pay attention to that correspondence. The other thing to take note of is, as I just said, call your dealership. Ask them, right? Call the place where uh, the car dealership and, and ask them if there's been any issues with regard to the key fobs and the signals. You've heard about cars being hacked. Is that particular manufacturer's cars susceptible? And so that's the questions. Those are some of the questions to ask. And you see, the, at the end of the day here, the car manufacturer wants you to be happy with their car. They want you to buy another car. They don't want to lose you as a customer. So obviously, you know, they're going to want to be aware of this or at least communicate with their customers. They don't want to lose you as a customer. And especially if you say, look, you never told me my car could be hackable. Someone hacked my car. They stole my car. So, yeah, I'd say stay in touch. But also, I guess we have to be realistic here about this, Tim. Just try to be as cautious as you can, but you can't live in a closet all day. You have to live your life. That's right. And, and that's really where there's a balance with security, right? You definitely need to ensure that you have a balance with regard to um, how much security is enough security for you and for your life. That actually cannot be understated. You know, understanding what your risk appetite is, asking the question, is this too much risk for me or is this, you know, is this the right amount of risk? And using, when you use email, for example, to ask the question, you know, is using Yahoo too much risk for me or is this just the right amount of risk? If it's too much risk, use a better email service. And so those are the kinds of questions that you have to ask. Now, there is controversy over this, by the way. There was an article in Scientific American saying why car hacking is nearly impossible. And then another one saying security experts say that car hacking is easy. So I suspect this is something that's going to be an ongoing item of discussion. Or is it a head-in-the-sand approach? Well, car hacking is easy considering that you're hacking. Car hacking is easy considering the level of effort required. So it doesn't require a lot of effort. It does, however, require skill. So that's really, you know, how to think about that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just like... Uh, you know, just like, you know, breaking into anything that, uh, you know, that, can, can, that really can have an impact with regard to destruction or disruption, right? If, there's, if it can affect human life, right, then the, the idea is that it should be, there should be a high level of effort required to impact it, to destroy it, to potentially disrupt it. Now, if that level of effort is one person in 20 minutes, that's, that's actually pretty easy in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and that's why security experts say that it's easy. Um, now, folks who say, well, hey, no, it's, it's not easy, 
they're saying that from an expertise level. They're saying, well, hey, everyone doesn't have this expertise. But that's really not the point, right? Um, everyone doesn't have the expertise to break into banks, but there are some people who do. <laughs> everyone doesn't have the expertise to build bombs, but there are many people who do. And not all of those people are good people either. And so that's really the, the way to think about it. You have to think if there are bad people, and they are, they'll find a way to be bad. Dr. Tim Summers, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do. Definitely. You can find me at How Hackers Think on uh, Twitter uh, and really all social media platforms. And you can also follow me on, the, on our website, howhackersthink.com. And if you look over at Twitter and look for Tech Night Owl, you'll find us. That's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Or go to technightowl.com for my web portal for blogs and other fascinating information. We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com, we'll be talking to a psychic by the name of Cynthia Hart Button. I mean psychic, she does readings of people. And towards the end of the show, she does a reading of a guy named Gene Steinberg. And I guess you're going to wonder what she finds out about me and whether I want you to know about it. (laughs) (laughs) So they gave me a reading. Seriously, I didn't get a bill for it. You know, very nice lady. And I don't know if I believe it or not, but you'll hear the reading. You can decide for yourself on the Paracast. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. And please check out our special feature, the best way for you to support the Tech Night Owl live, and that is Tech Night Owl Plus. Just go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. And we tell you how to sign up for the Tech Night Owl Plus We offer you a special deal with a commercial-free version of the show for a low price, starting at just $4.99. And to quote some magazine once said, our price, cheap. Go to plus.technightowl.com. Dr. Timothy Summers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Have a great holiday. Thank you for having me, Gene. Happy holidays. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.